This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, permit me to ask a question that might seem out of place on Easter morning. What is the darkest dark you have ever experienced? You might need to close your eyes to really remember what it was like. Maybe it was a cloudy night with no moon somewhere out in the woods or on the ocean where there are no electric lights. Perhaps it was deep underground in a a cave when the the guide turned out the lights and you, you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face. But maybe maybe you went a different direction in answering my question. Perhaps the darkest dark that you have ever experienced was not an absence of physical light, but more a mental or emotional black hole that there seemed to be no escaping from. Grief at the death of a loved one or at the end of a loving relationship. The spiraling gloom of depression the helplessness that can accompany deep debt or a never-ending illness. You might even be in that darkness now. But there is a still deeper, direr, more dread darkness that we need to talk about, but that we don't want to face. And frankly, we tend to spend our lives running away from though we never seem to be able to escape it. It is largely that 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 makes us so frightened of of shadows and graves and things that go bump in the night. Because those remind us that this darkness is always just a step or a fall away, dogging our heels full of danger, ready to swallow us up, or, or is with us, is, is deep inside, or just, just beyond our field of vision. It is the basis of all our fears, and it is right there. Now, there are different ways people deal with this deeper darkness. Some try simply denying its existence, But of course, reality always comes crashing in eventually, no matter how good one's imagination might be. Others apparently think that if they live their lives at a a constant run, the dread will never catch up with them. But that just leaves them weary and unprepared when it does. Some distract themselves so that they don't have to think about it overindulging in good habits like like hard work or exercise or charity or indulging in bad habits of, of gluttony or drugs or binging on alcohol or Netflix or online gaming. But the dark will always still be there when the distraction is done. Many people decide that if they just work hard enough at the right things that there must be a way to beat the darkness. So they give their hours and their energies over entirely to being nice, to giving things up or giving to charity, to, to doing all the good and following all the rules. But in the end, 
They can never know that they have worked hard enough, which testifies to the reality that, in fact, they cannot. No matter how right they are or how righteous they make themselves, the darkness of consequences is still there, mocking their efforts, filling the shadows, beckoning them to despair. And they know it. There are different names for this darkness. Guilt, punishment, eternal death. And there are different names for the very real place that supplies its deep terror. The pit, Sheol, gloomy dungeons, the abyss, the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Hell. And here... Here is the, the folly, the, the, the tragedy, the, the horrible irony of it. As terrible as it is, as much as any of us fears it, it is something we choose. Just as our first parents chose it in the Garden of Eden, we choose our own will and way over the will and way of God our Creator. And in so doing, we choose the darkness over the light. We choose death and damnation over life with our loving Lord. It makes no sense. And often we will deny that that is what we are doing. But it is the reality of sin. Sin is not just what what other really evil people do. And it is not just the really bad things that we might sometimes do, but, but think we make up for with our regrets. Sin is any and every disobedience to God's commands, no matter how slight, no matter how unintended, no matter how good an idea we thought it was at the time. And the price of sin is deep. As God has warned us from the beginning, death and hell, the deepest darkness, where none of the light of God's love and presence ever leaks in. And there was a time when it seemed that the darkness had won for good forever. The brightest light that the world had ever known had been snuffed out. Jesus Christ, the Son of God made flesh, a perfect, sinless man who had preached the perfect love and mercy of God to a sin-sick, waiting, weary world, was spurned, abused, and crucified by the very people he had come to serve. Though he had never done anything wrong, and had only ever had the intention of doing people good, he was resented and rejected. And Satan worked with evil men to work out the death of the one who was sent so that men might have life. And so on Good Friday, with his lifeless body hanging there on the cross, the darkness was deep. It appeared that sin had taken its greatest prize. So death, it seemed, could celebrate. The grave held the Son of God. And the devil, once condemned by God, could claim a victory over him. 
Friday night's gloom was great. Jesus was gone. Saturday dawned with no hope. Christ was dead. Saturday night came, and his followers had to wonder if they would ever know light again. But then, then there was a break in the darkness. A spark expanding into flame, exploding into a night-shattering, blazing, brilliant burst of light. In the early hours, in the private shadows of Jesus' tomb, he came alive again, and everything changed. He got up. He left. He went to declare death and the devil's victories hollow, and his filled with glory. And with the dawn, the angels came and rolled away the stone from the tomb to make public the miracle of life and love and promise that had just transpired. Christ was not there. He had risen. He had risen indeed. What did the people witness that morning? What did the women notice? What did the the soldiers ignore? Was was the sun more brilliant that morning? Did the bird song sound more sweet? Did trees and flowers burst newly into bloom? Probably not, but we can perhaps say that they should have, because all creation deserved to celebrate Christ's triumph of life over death and light over darkness. His resurrection made a difference. Easter matters. It matters most of all because it meant that the mission God the Father had given Jesus, His Son, was accomplished. There was nothing left undone, and all was done well. He had taken the sins of all the world. Every man, woman, and child had taken them on to himself and accepted their guilt and their punishment. And with his suffering and death, he wiped out the entire debt. He satisfied every last demand of God's justice. He washed away every last stain of defilement. He canceled them all out and left them with his blood on the cross. Sin no longer had its power to condemn or corrupt, which meant that Satan no longer had any weapons to wield. He could no longer use their offenses to accuse, torment, and twist the guilty, nor could he rely on temptations to to trap us, to to snatch us away from heaven forever and, and join him in his misery of hell. And death, its shadow had to shrink away. The killing blow had been dealt to it already on Good Friday because without sin it had no place The final nail in death's coffin came with Christ's resurrection on Easter morning. He went first, gaining eternal life after physical death, and established once and for all that the grave has lost its grip on God's people. It no longer has any power to hold those who trust in Him. So trust in Him. 
Look to the cross and count on what Christ's sacrifice there earned for you. Have your sins forgiven. Look to the empty tomb and rely on His resurrection as your own guarantee of eternal life. Repent, believe in Jesus, and be saved. Don't fool yourself into thinking that there's any other way to heaven or to life in the light. If you reject Jesus, if you remain in your sins, the darkness remains and haunts you, and and hell will be your eternal home because you have chosen to turn away from the light. If you don't let Easter matter for you, then sin and death will be all that matter for you in the end. But for those who do believe, well, what doesn't Easter give us? Life in heaven, after death, in perfect bliss with Jesus. That life is, of course, more than enough reason to to fall to our knees and worship thanksgiving and praise. But there is so much more. Easter also provides evidence for our faith. Since Jesus rose from the dead, just as he said he would, all the world can be assured that what Jesus says is true. (laughs) Saying, I am going to be dead and then come to life again, and then doing it, is pretty much a slam-dunk argument for the trustworthiness and truthfulness of everything else you say. So everything we read from and about Christ in the Gospels and the rest of the Bible, since it all is his word, All of it is affirmed and confirmed by the resurrection, including, of course, his identity. No mere man can raise himself from the dead. Corpses are notorious for being unable to help themselves. Only God could do that. So that Christ is risen indeed also establishes that Jesus is the Son of God indeed. Someone to be worshipped, someone to be trusted, someone to follow without doubt or hesitation. But all of these wonders of the resurrection don't just matter in the abstract or for eternity. They matter for our daily lives too. The forgiveness of our sins. All of them means that you do not need to live anymore with the guilt of your past errors or, and evils. If Christ has canceled them all out, what reason is there for you to hold on to them any longer? So go ahead. Go ahead and live your guilt-free life as a new creation in Christ with joy and with the certainty that that none of those sins is hanging over your head or waiting till judgment day to condemn you after all. And that confidence in Jesus and what he accomplished for you means that you live every day with hope. Not, Not a wishing for a better reality, but the sure knowledge that you have been set free and saved today, and that eternal life is your present possession. 
that the best reality there is, and the only one that matters, paradise, is yours today. And so you have the gospel of God's grace and the light of Christ to illumine your heart every day and and cast out the shadows of death, the the dread that, that lurks in the corners of your consciousness and the darkness of despair. And with the true and trustworthy word of Christ in the Scriptures to guide you, you have answers. You have answers for so many of the questions and struggles of life and the comfort and confidence to handle all the times when God in his love and wisdom asks you to go forward not knowing all the answers. But even more than that, the meaninglessness and lostness of your pre-Easter life is exchanged for life with purpose and direction. Because the Lord has not just given you instructions, but has also given you your sacred callings, your vocations, your ways to serve Him and your neighbor with with lives of love and holiness, as, as parents and spouses, as teachers and students, as employees and employers, as officers and enlisted, as friends and colleagues and citizens, and so, so much more. And, of course, as witnesses to other sinners, telling them what you know, telling them how to find full, free, and eternal salvation in Jesus, your crucified and risen Redeemer, just as God has so graciously given to you. So Easter matters, no matter the year. Of course, it cannot have escaped your attention that this year the festival of the resurrection falls on April Fool's Day. And you may have expected that today I would work that into the theme somehow. You'd be a fool not to believe Christ rose from the dead. Only the foolish say there is no God, and Easter proves this. Or even, you thought Jesus was dead. April Fool. It was truly tempting to build a sermon around that, and I pass no judgment on the preachers who chose their themes to mark both days. But in the end, I couldn't do it. I am loath to make light of the light or joke around about his resurrection. Easter means that we have a living Savior and a loving God. Easter means that Jesus was faithful in all he came to do and that the Lord has kept every one of his promises to his people, even the ones that might have seemed most impossible to honor. We celebrate a sunrise on Easter and its light casts darkness of all kinds out of the world and out of our lives. The shadow of death has shrunk away. The gloom of guilt has given way. Meaninglessness and despair have been destroyed, and in their place we find life, hope, confidence, direction, joy, and every blessing, all because 
Jesus rose from the dead. Easter truly, wonderfully, brilliantly matters. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise. Now may the God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, in connection with his blood which established the eternal testament, may he equip you with every good thing to do his will as he works in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen.